Hi, everybody. I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. Real talk, big topics. Now, let's dig in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to We Gotta Talk, where it's all about real talk on big topics. I am Sunny, and this is a royal deep dive. <laughs> Welcome to 2023, first of all. I feel like everybody, all the cool kids are doing their New Year's resolutions, their words of the year, their themes of the year. I haven't really had time to ponder what it is or who it is who it is that I want to be in 2023. However, I have been watching a lot of trash TV lately, and I'm here to talk about that. So check back with me on my vision board, okay? Because I do hear they do, they work wonders. But for me and for you today, it is all about a deep dive on Megan and Harry. Guys, listen, I have been watching this religiously. You know, my background is in journalism. I'm used to long format coverage. I have watched trials for eight hours, 10 hours a day and written down every detail. I took my job very seriously, then I'm taking it very seriously now too. (laughs) So there's so much to talk about that I literally ran into my closet. I have to head out to grab the kids in a a few minutes, but there was just too, too much to talk about. And we're going to lead with the newest thing, which are all of these bombshells coming out, being released in media about Harry's memoir called Spare. Okay, The first thing we're going to start with, I'm going to read you the headline and we're going to dive into it because there is so much to talk about. And I do have some thoughts about Harry and Meghan, um, the TV show, them as a couple, how my views on them have changed and not changed over the past, you know, however long it took me to watch this. And I will say to lead off, I am much more Team Meghan and Team Harry than I ever, ever was before or thought I would be. A huge, huge asterisk and something worth noting here is that as an American, none of this stuff ever really mattered to me. It is shocking to me how sheep-like I am and how I've been led along by the media machine to care about any of this stuff. But here we are. Is it an escape from reality or is it just that they're that interesting? Um, All I know is that when you put your story out there for consumption, for public consumption, when you make millions of dollars off of the stories you tell about your life, That's what people are going to do is talk. So for better and for worse, um, we're here to do that today. We're going to lead, guys, with a memoir, the memoir that um, Harry just is about to release to the public. It's called Spare. And like I said, there are multiple accounts of stories that have come out from this book, even though it was supposed to be shielded from the public until its release date, I believe on January 9th. The first story we're talking about is Meghan and William's blow up. So the headline in the Daily Mail reads this, exclusive, Meghan was offended when she was reprimanded for telling Kate she must have baby brain because of her hormones, which sparked a huge row. Harry reveals in his memoir, a row is a fight, American friends, okay? So um, the basic, the broad brush strokes of this story are that Megan mentioned to Kate she must have baby brain because of her hormones. Uh, Kate at the time had just given birth to her third child. And if you recall, this was right before Megan and Harry's wedding. And it was uh, like in the months leading up to the wedding were her you know, it was like her last trimester. So I, I, if my memory serves me correctly, she pretty much had the baby and a month or two later was in the wedding along with her kids. So apparently, according to Spare, Harry's memoir, 
Megan was told she wasn't close enough to Kate to make such remarks about her hormones. A well-placed source said, quote, In the book, Harry says there was a discussion about the timing of the wedding rehearsal and the flower girl dresses, and Kate was very upset. Megan said Kate must have baby brain because of her hormones. It caused a huge row because Megan was told she wasn't close enough to her sister-in-law to discuss her hormones, and it wasn't the way people spoke to each other within the royal family. Okay, let me just tell you something. So what, what apparently happened after that is William who Harry calls Willie, which I just find, I just find hysterical. I don't know why. They call each other Harold and Willie. Um, William got in Megan's face, allegedly pointed his finger in her, in her face and sort of reprimanded her for speaking like this to his wife. I, I want to tell you something right now. And this is where manners go to the side. Aren't we so glad to be American? Because if a man if a woman, but especially a man in that condescending, mansplaining tone, put a finger in my face, I don't care what titles you were born with, I don't care how blue your blood is, how royal your titles are, I will break your finger off and feed it back to you. I will shove it right back with, into your wisdom tooth, okay? It's shocking to me that the headline here and the concern or the point of offense was something Megan said about her hormones and not the fact that a man stuck a finger in a woman's face over an otherwise fairly innocuous comment. I just, it is mind blowing to me that the fault is seen with her and not him. Now, listen, I acknowledge that the perspective that I'm, that I'm viewing this story in is obviously tilted in the direction of a born and bred American. Like I said at the top of this podcast, I've never had any interest or, you know, reason to follow royalty. or I, We obviously don't have the emotional attachment as Americans to, you know, what that institution is. And, and and I do believe that there are a lot of positive things that have come from the institution. And don't come at me with arguments about whatever it is. Um, I, I'm speaking about specifically the traditions and the sense of security that a lot of Britons say um, the monarchy provides them with. It's a, it's a, it's a symbol of stability through the, through the centuries, right? So all of that to say that this institution is really associated with a lot of positivity for a lot of British people, whether we understand it or not, right? And as a result, I think people there are... Um, sort of conditioned to accept that there are different rules when it comes to their royals. And of course, they're going to be a little more buttoned up. And anyone who interacts with them is going to have is go going to be expected to act in a certain way. At the end of the day, and this is the American coming out at me, these are people. These are people. Um, they are no, they have no superpowers. They have no innate um, ability to to intellectualize better than we do as quote-unquote commoners. They have no better, if anything, they have maybe exposure to better education and opportunities, of course, connections, things like that. But there's nothing inherently about these human beings that makes them any better than anyone else. And if there's anything that really gets my goat, it's when people think they're better than other people. Again, the issue to me someone saying, oh, you must have baby brain, probably falls on the scale of like, 0.5 out of 10 offensive. And I know we do things differently in America, but the fact that the cause for concern wasn't that William got in her face, but that she mentioned something about Kate's hormones is just really astounding to me. I said this multiple times, and I'm finding myself saying this more and more, the more I consume Harry and Meghan's story, that I understand them so much better now. 
I am at a place where I'm like, wow, well, if I would have known this in the beginning, to be honest, the Oprah interview rang very, for some reason, whether this is, um, I don't know, I was going into it with a, with a set of perceptions or, you know, a, a general feeling of dislike. It, it still struck me as a little bit, it, it was a little cringy. But I'm watching Harry and Meghan, and I've gotten through all six episodes now, and I'm hearing their story again. This can be considered propagandistic because it's from their side. But the more I hear them explain the emotion behind their decisions, the more I not only understand where they're coming from, but think to myself, God, I probably would have made those same decisions. I think I'm more of a Meghan than a Kate. There's no part of me that would sit still while a man pointed his finger in my face. There's no part of me that would not be able to or that would be able to restrain myself from hugging someone that I met that I had some affection for, which I know is something she also talks about in the documentary when she reaches out to hug William and Kate upon meeting them for the first or second or one of their first times and sort of being met with a with a sense of, okay, boundaries. Um, you know, it's, it's the more I hear them tell their story, the more I think, well, I am a true American because I kind of get I kind of get where Megan was coming from. Now, there are so many more, I'm sure, nuances to this story. And there is something to be said for Kate, who has maintained, um, whether we like it or not, whether we think we would do the same thing as her or not, a level of um, poise and silence around this matter. But um, that's not who I personally am. And so I think when I am watching people live their lives, I tend to relate to the people who emote more, who show us more, who tell us more. And God, I think if there's anything I'm taking away from the Harry and Meghan's TV special, it's that I think Harry might be American. <laughs> Harry's spirit is longing for freedom, people. He does not belong in Britain anymore. I mean, this is a man who is so on his own journey of healing and understanding and expressing and sharing, there is literally no way, from my perspective at least, that he could ever go back and squeeze himself into that mold that is polite British royal society. I mean, you 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 really can't go back, N not only because he's pretty much told every deep, dark secret in volumes of TV and books by now, but also because of the fact that his innate personality doesn't seem to fit that institution. And where for so long I was thinking, gosh, it looks like Meghan really pulled Harry away from his family. I'm starting to see more and more that Harry may have been the catalyst behind this the whole time, that Harry may have been the one who was sort of bristling at the institution and having an issue with its rules and regulations and restrictions long before Megan came along. This is a revelation to me and it shouldn't be. And I'm very aware of the fact that it sounds incredibly sexist of me to initially blame the woman. And am I proud of that? No. Um, am I sure that that's definitely not the case after watching this? No, not necessarily. I mean, you know, we are hearing the story just from their perspective. And to be honest, the Libra in me would be able to understand both sides of any story, most any story, pretty fairly and equally. So maybe if I spent eight hours consuming content related to William and Kate, I would understand their side of the story. And I'm sure I'd be compassionate toward it. However, it is such a revelation to me that maybe we've been seeing this story wrong the whole time. That maybe for years and years, Harry was the one who was having these internal struggles and these issues with the institution and with the monarchy and with his placement in it, that he was actually just looking and waiting for a way out. Now, what's interesting to me, another clip that came out, and I'm going to try to find the headline as we as we um, talk here, but another um, sort of short snippet that was released earlier than the book was 
an encounter that Harry and William had at, I believe it was Nottingham Cottage. They affectionately referred to it as Notcot, Notcot in the in the in the book, where um, they were discussing some of the you know arguments they'd been having or disagreements they'd been having recently. It was just the two of them, and that oh, William Willie allegedly put his hands on Harry. Um, so much so that he kind of like got on him and, and ripped his necklace and Harry ended up falling backward onto the ground on top of a a dog bowl and it broke and he got scratches all over his back. And, um, you know, it's that's shocking to me. And again, I'm not one for airing dirty family laundry on public platforms. And And to be honest, you know. If, for as heated as I'm getting over these latest revelations to come out in this book, I'm also well aware of the fact that what I'm what we're witnessing right now is it's a little bit of propaganda, right? It's their story. Um, but I'm shocked that I'm shocked that I'm having this this change of heart and this change of perception when for so long it, it seems to me that the media did a great job of crafting a narrative that placed. Harry and Meghan square in the middle of all of the problems in the royal family. And I think this is the moment we all have to ask ourselves as Americans. If you're listening to this in America, if you are honest with yourself, girl, just be honest. I want you to sit down wherever you are. If you're still, if you're in your car, just take a deep breath and pause for a moment and think if you were in the situation of Meghan going into this family, having a complete... um. I just a, a complete change in how she's expected to behave and appear and interact, etc. Would you do the same thing she did and like kind of cut and run, or would you button up and and make it work? I think it, I think any American listening to this, I think we're lying to ourselves if we say, "Oh, I, I would, I would love the opportunity to never express my opinion again." Really. That's why we broke away from them, guys. We didn't want anything to do with being ruled by one person. And even though that's not the way, the the impact that the monarchy has today, they're sort of more symbolic than governmental. I don't think there's any American woman out there, or there are very few, that would that can be honest with themselves and saying, oh yeah, I'd be great just completely relinquishing all of the freedoms that I've enjoyed while being an American woman. Or, you know, relinquishing the progress that I made in my career. Or... Um, not being able to um, express my opinion on certain things or fight back when I feel like I'm being attacked. Really, I really don't think any of us would be comfortable in that situation. If I'm being honest, I think we're all more of a Megan than a Kate. I mean, if you're a Kate, I respect that. I do. I know some Kates. I know some American Kates, some people who are really, I mean, they're, they're unflappable is the word I'm looking for. They're, they've, they've got a, a way about them that's uh, what's the word? It's it's graceful. It's poised. But that there's a moment you have to be honest with yourself in life. And that ain't me. And you know what? If I'm being honest, all the people that I'm close friends with, too, it's probably not you either. And I think that's good. And I think it's OK to embrace our inner Megan. We have been hearing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of um, just bad press about her for so long that this is all a revelation to me that Actually, at the end of the day, I feel like maybe I would have done the same thing. There's a, there's a, you know, there's a part of me that would be completely unable to um, be quiet if I'm, you know, being reprimanded for something that seems fairly innocuous or I don't know. 
I don't know. And listen, I hear the argument when people say, when you marry into this family, there's a set of expectations. And how could you not know? Here's how you could not know. You're American. <laughs> we don't grow up with any knowledge of this, any any detailed knowledge of this institution. Of course she didn't know. Yes, she knew who they were. I'm sure she expected some sort of Princess Diaries level of um, whimsy and fun. And, and you know, oh, you're, you're going to have to learn how to hold your teacup properly. But I'm certain that none of us would be prepared for the emotional work it would take to actually integrate into that family. And that has what is what this TV show has done so masterfully. It's shown us finally and allowed them to explain in great detail, not just the one or two issues, but the multitude of ways that this was would, would be understandably really, really difficult for an American. Like I said, the stuff that she told Oprah, I mean, it, there was nothing in that interview that convinced me that um, they as a couple had gone through that it had been that bad. And I, I maybe that sounds bad. It just maybe it was the way it was delivered. I don't know what it was, but nothing moved the needle for me from a PR perspective on that couple with the Oprah interview. This Netflix thing really changed the game. I've said this before. I will say it again. Am I gullible? Am I just a victim to the like amazingly crafted media machine that they have built themselves that I'm just kind of going along with it. I'm being led by the nose and I'm like, oh yeah, 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 I'm okay with this. Um, but but my opinion is changing and I'm so curious if any of you feel the same way. Here's another really interesting headline that just came out from Spare. Harry claims that William and Kate told him to wear that Nazi uniform and then quote, howled with laughter when they saw him in it. This is another huge bombshell from Spare. He says, they were attending a Halloween party and he was considering, Harry was considering, either wearing a Nazi uniform or a pilot uniform. When he asked Will and Kate, they immediately said Nazi uniform and, quote, howled. Of course, we know what happened next. Of course, we know the level of just deep, deep disrespect that that was and, and deep sadness that that caused, understandably, among the world community. Um, and, oh, like, Willie's going to be so... Willie is going to be mad guys he's going to be and this is where i kind of this is where i kind of stand by my previous statements that i, I think there is very little hope to make this better because if you are dealing with the kind of guy who doesn't even like when his when we're talking about his wife's progesterone levels i mean he is not going to be happy when it is revealed that he not only approved but condoned and encouraged his brother wearing a Nazi uniform. This is bad. This is bad PR for the future king. I just don't see. I don't. I, just, I don't think it comes back from here. Um, what I like about the way Harry has handled this is that, um, if if you can say nothing else about the man, is you can say that he he is dealing in complete and utter openness and honesty. Um, I think a lot of people watched that show and. At least for me, the thing that struck them, the thing that struck me about it was there was no moment in that TV show when you're seeing extended footage of him being interviewed and talking that felt fake or forced or contrived. I have said before, and I stand by, that there are moments that Megan talks where it feels a little cutesy. It feels a little overly done or acted. In fact, there's a scene. It's the very closing scene of the entire documentary. And she says something like, they're talking about their love and the grand story that is their romance. And she's like, you know, and it reminds me of the poem that I wrote and I read on our wedding night. And she picks up her phone. And she said, actually, I think I have it here. Um, I could read it if you want. And I'm thinking to myself, did you just like, like, as if this weren't planned? I mean, listen, I like 
I, I can't, I like Megan. I, I think she's an intelligent, really, she's, she's clearly really talented. She's clearly really engaging, but she has these moments of affect that I find to be less offensive now and more entertaining. But for Harry, I don't think there's any, there's no note ringing false when Harry speaks. And I said this in the last solo episode about Harry and Meghan, and I, I say it again. If anything, Harry is showing up. I'm seeing a wounded eight-year-old or a wounded nine or ten-year-old um, speak. And the downside to that is it's kind of sad. I feel like we're re-witnessing a lot of the tragedy that he's lived. And not only the tragedy of his mom passing away, but also the repeated many sort of traumas of being exposed to the media daily. And, and or however frequently he I mean, his life has never been private. This man's life has been a series of micro traumas. People will roll their eyes to hear that. But again, put yourself in their shoes for a minute. What sense of self would you lose or what kind of um, distress would you feel if every time you walked out the door or at least multiple times you had to deal with people screaming at you and taking pictures of you and wanting more of your energy and your personal life and information? It's a lot. It's a lot. And um, for as cringeworthy as I think this media blitz can be viewed, I also feel like it's a moment to show some deep compassion to this, I mean, especially Harry. I mean, this, this, he, there is a lot of woundedness coming out here. And what's curious to me is that, you know, he, he's made some bombshell claims in the past, i.e. in the Oprah interview, but he, he keeps reopening the wound. And and this is where it gets a little curious to me. Um, I think there are two types of people in the world. I think there are open healers and there are closed healers. And the open healers of the world are the people who share their stories, not only for their own catharsis, but for the benefit of others. You know, these are our authors and our influencers and our um, musicians, the people who put their pain into art and, 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 um, and find a way to express it so that people feel a little less alone. And then there are people that are closed healers. They want nothing to do. They want to show you the end result, if anything, right? They're the people who show up either, you know, in real life or even on social media after the big conflict has been resolved or after they've gone through the divorce and they're on the other end or after they've conquered the illness and they're healthy again. And there's there's two types of people in the world. And, and Harry is clearly an open healer. And he is an open spirit and he is someone who is seeking answers. And it's really difficult for me to continue to be snarky watching him speak because there is nothing that's inauthentic about him. There is nothing that reads inauthentic about this man. He is very clearly showing up this who he is. And he's emotional and he is he is working through some big traumas. And I just have a really hard time continuing to be snarky, seeing all of this stuff continue to be put out. Now, that being said, Hold on, I need a sip of water. <laughs> mm. That being said, I do think there is a time to to heal privately. I think we have heard enough of the story. I mean, there's no turning back now. This book is obviously dropping some really big bombs, and it's not even out yet. So he maybe already pushed the envelope too far. But here, here's where the challenge will come in. Have you pushed too far? Is there too much water under the bridge that your family, who clearly has a different way of healing and going through life than you do, whether that's because of their responsibility to the crown or because of their innate personalities, they're doing things different, Harry. So at what point do you read the room and say, okay, I need to be done. I need to focus on my present and my future. I need to be the Harry that I want to be. 
and not the Harry that I was, at least on a public stage, and move forward in that way. Because what I'm what I fear for this couple is there is going to be a serious and imminent lack of sympathy coming very soon. I think people will really devour this book. I think it's going to be full of nuggets that we've all secretly been wanting to know. How does the royal family really act? What are their personalities like? What are some of the crazy things they've said or done? I think there's a... If you throw meat to the dogs, they're going to eat it. You know what I mean? We're always going to be... There's always going to be a willing audience. But I think he needs... I, I think the tactic from now on needs to be a little more private healing. I'm trying to put myself in the position of William or King Charles or their, you know, Kate and Camilla, their wives, and try to understand the deep hurt they must also be feeling in feeling exposed at every turn. Now, sibling conflicts are common and family issues, everybody's got them, but not everybody is selling those family secrets for $20 million or $100 million a pop. Like, this is, this is where I worry. Like, you know, it just seems a little too much soon. And I've said this before. I'll say it again. If I were ever advising Harry and Meghan on PR or media or image or anything, not that I'm technically qualified about to, to do PR, but, you know, you, may, you, you read enough news stories and um, sensational headlines in your career and you kind of get good at understanding what people like and don't like and what people want and don't want. Um, anyhow, if I were working with them, I'd say, guys, listen, no more victim narrative. And I'm not using that word lightly. Um, I do think they have been victimized in some ways. And I think they've had some real life grievances that probably deserve working through. However, it is time, in my opinion, soon to turn the page. Um, so yeah, I worry, you know what I mean? I worry about how this is going to, and, and not them about their careers, whatever, they're gonna be fine. They're gonna make money. They're gonna do their thing. But this Harry is just, it's just sad. It's just sad. You know, he's not going to end up fixing things with his brother and his dad this way. It doesn't appear that way. Whatever. What do I know? I'm an American. Anyway, a couple of finer points, because I have to run out very quickly. I just had to get on and do this episode because this is just causing um, so much really interesting discussion all over social media and everywhere. I, I couldn't not get my thoughts out there. Um, one thought I had while watching this series, and, and, and I'm going to close with this and we can kind of double back. And I would love to do another episode about Spare and get your guys' thoughts and questions, which have been a plenty coming through on Instagram. Um, but basically, the overarching thought, Archie, get it? Um <laughs> stupid. That was a stupid joke, Sonny. Um, <laughs> the overarching theme that I feel that we are witnessing right now, Harry and Meghan as an island, have they, 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 they've literally moved across the world. They've separated themselves physically, emotionally, in every way from their family. Um, the question for me that still remains to be answered is, did they hop on that boat and the figurative boat and row away themselves or were they really pushed? To hear them talk about it, they were pushed to the limit, by the finger pointing, literal and figurative, by the um, fake headlines, by the family conflicts, they were literally pushed away. Um, but to hear the other side of the story, it seems like they chose to leave and that they realized that this was probably not the life for them. Um, okay, I gotta go. I gotta for real, for real go. But guys, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. We'll double back. We'll do an episode. I'll try to pull some comments from Instagram. I would love to know what you think about these 
headlines coming out from this book. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of We Gotta Talk. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and follow along on Instagram at Sunny Abata, S-O-N-N-I-A-B-A-T-T-A. All of the latest blog posts are at wegotatalk.com slash blog. Mm-hmm.